Hello there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. I'm not going to bother asking how you're doing because I think I know how you're doing. I don't follow the NFL a great deal, but I know what happened last night as of recording. And... Yeah, there can only be one way that you're possibly feeling right now. Yeah. Well, I'll put it this way. Uh, the Rams are going to Disneyland. I don't know the if Rams you know about The Rams are going to Disneyland. Yeah, I, I know about this. The tradition. Disney pays the players like 60 grand to say, I'm going to Disneyland or World every year. I should make clear, this isn't just for whoever wins the Super Bowl, right? This is specifically for the LA Rams because it's like... They're Disney's home team, essentially. Uh, no, so uh, every year, uh, whoever wins the Super Bowl, oh. Disney will offer, I think it's around $60,000 uh, to say, I'm going to Disney World or I'm going to Disneyland. I had no idea. That's really yeah. weird. Yeah. I, huh. I, I've always thought about this and gone, you know, if I, if I got there and obviously I could, I'm already on millions, so what's another... $60,000, I'd probably go, I'm going Alton Towers. <laughs> I'm going London Resort. <laughs> oh, just, I mean, just everyone like vying for uh, airtime. So you get, I'm going to the London Dungeons. <laughs> I'm not sure if Disneyland even is. I mean, I just, maybe in record time, have just said something factually inaccurate on the Park Rush podcast. I'm not even sure that Disneyland is particularly local to the LA Rams. I think uh, maybe they were yeah. at one point, but they've recently moved, which I should know about really because uh, my knowledge of the LA Rams, like I've absorbed some kind of through osmosis as an Arsenal fan. Arsenal right, yeah. being owned by Stan Kroenke, who owns the LA Rams. And he is actually... I think he's always been seen as a bit of an absentee owner for all of his franchises. And that was one of the big doubts around him and concerns people had when he bought total control of Arsenal. Is uh, Look at his failing US sports clubs. But there has been a bit more investment in the Rams in the last sort of five years, which included a stadium move. And I think as part of wow. that, they, yeah. they are now far, farther, further south in California. They're not actually uh, particularly close to Disney anymore. They, no, they're. I mean, they're fairly close. They're they're the closest team to. Oh yeah, Disney, California. I don't. Um, I don't. But, I don't doubt that. Uh, but they're the not Rams, as close as they were. But the thing is, there's lots. There's there's a lot going on there, Tom. In terms of the teams, you got uh, the LA Rams. Before that, were the St. Louis Rams until very recently. St. Louis oh. being, uh, where's that? Uh, Texas. New Orleans, something like that? I can't even remember now. So they're a um, Missouri, sorry. Um, so the yeah, Rams stick to are the this... NFL and the theme parks, mate, not the geography yeah. lessons. Uh, so the Rams are a franchise club that they're the Rams. They're not a city club, city uh, franchise, as it were. They've they've moved around wherever they can get the money. Uh, their current stadium, which is where the Super Bowl was last night, is part shared with the. LA Chargers, who were until recently the San Diego Chargers, and no doubt in five years' time the Rams will move somewhere else wherever they can get more money. 
because that's how the Rams do things. Um, and this isn't a slight against them because they beat us last night. It's just how they work as an in, as a business. Uh, the Raiders are very much the same. Um, there's a reason NWA uh, made the Raiders hats famous when they were in LA, but then they moved back to Oakland. Now they're in Las Vegas because they chase the money. Um, but yeah, the Rams are in LA and California. Um, Disneyland California is in Anaheim, which is just down the road from LA. So it's, it's you know, American round the corner. Right. Well, so it's pretty close. Yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest, like I say, totally ignorant of the NFL. I'm a bit sad that the I'm going to Disneyland, Disney World thing is just a tradition regardless. I kind of liked the idea that as the local team, Nah. They would. They were going to Disneyland. That's a shame. That's a shame to me. But you know, at least when they go, they'll be able to use the trams when they park up because they're coming back. So that's nice for True. them. And uh, Soren's coming back as well. So and Soren's coming back. Fantastic, fantastic news all round. I guess we should make clear, by the way, that you're disappointed about the Super Bowl because you were supporting the team that was not the LA Rams. Who are they again? Uh, Yes, I was supporting the Cincinnati Bengals, first time right. Super Bowl in my lifetime. Yeah, I feel like uh, the the refs the refs were making no calls all eve- all evening. You know, it, if they're in, in uh, soccer terms, UK football terms, it's like they're being clear fouls all game, and they're not calling any of them. And all of a sudden, they call a penalty for a clear dive. Uh, right, right at the end of the game, it's it's one of those sorts of things. Like there was fouls on each side, the ref weren't calling any of them, and then all of a sudden, two minutes to go, they call um, a phantom penalty that didn't make any sense. It was bizarre. But here we sounds are. like it sounds like excuse making to me. But uh, yeah, we should have put them away a long time before that. Um, but no one expected us to get to the Super Bowl in any sense of the fashion this year. So uh, I'll take it. I guess so. I guess so. That's always the kind of dilemma you face when you support a team who has exceeded expectations by getting to a certain point, but you still can't hide the disappointment when they then still fall at the final hurdle. Just because you didn't expect them to get to the final hurdle doesn't make it any less disappointing when they don't clear it. For sure. But, you know, who would be a sports fan at the end of the day? You pick a team, you've got to... Prepare yourself for heartbreak, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, does does but, the joy make the heartbreak worth it when it comes? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Um, I'm I'm expecting similar things in the in the uh, rugby league that I support because uh, the rugby union league that I support because we have basically gone. We've only lost two games all season so far and. We'll probably lose in the final, which is uh, the you know, usual stuff. Did you did you have a, a good feast at least to go along with your Super Bowl watching, Super Bowl viewing? I, I did. I got some um I got some pizza in, um, which was very good. Very good pizza, local uh, kind of small chain that's been popping up over the UK. Um but there's one in, in our local town and then I also got some Mike and Ikes and some Cheetos from the shop for a bit of a an American treat. Oh, very nice. Very yep. nice. I I mean, just about the only exposure or reminder that the Super Bowl is taking place that I was given once I got home last night 
uh, from the cinema was when Pastor John uh, suggested that perhaps an ideal pre-Super Bowl meal for yourself uh, were available to you. Uh, We've been this uh, new shrimp hot dog looking thing uh, that Mm. has popped up at the Hall of Fame on City Walk in Orlando. I like shrimp a great deal. And uh, this looks really good to me. So that made me hungry and made me want one of those and made me excited to hopefully get to Florida sometime soon. Yeah, I I, I like good hot dogs, and I cannot lie. Um, Absolutely. And and I I think this one at the Hot Dog Hall of Fame on the Orlando City, Universal Orlando City Walk, looked uh, particularly good. Shrimp po' yeah. boy is uh, a good choice. It's a Mardi Gras thing, which will still right. be running when I'm when I'm there. Just about, I think it runs until late April sometime. So if I get myself to Universal in the first week or week or week and a half of the trip, which I'm sure we will, then maybe I'll be able to pick up one of these bad boys. Oh! Uh, but before then, Josh, I have booked my first overseas trip since. Huzzah! February 2020, when uh, long-time listeners may remember me reporting back from Singapore uh, on what was something like my 17th trip there in the space of about four weeks. Going somewhere new this time. Going to, well, it's not really, it's not, I mean, they claim to be a country, but what is a country without theme parks? Can you really make that kind of a claim? I don't think so. But anyway, this place... Portugal it's called no, they've got some water parks but I'm not sure they quite count so you might ask why would you even bother going there but you've got to see how the other side lives somehow or well, sometimes I guess so that's what I'll yeah, aim I think, to do I think I think there's like culture or something to see there I, I don't know I don't know how I feel about that well, yeah, I don't know I think the uh, the last time I looked up uh, theme parks in Portugal the title picture that the article was using was of Porta Ventura in uh, Salou, Spain. <laughs> so uh, I I remember going to uh, something that I don't know it was kind of like a zoo disguised as a theme park when I was in Portugal as a kid. It was called Zoo Marine. It was in the Algarve. So Zoo Marine Algarve. Yeah, yeah, so it's not it's not open at the moment but it was it had some very small sort of almost fun fair rides coupled with SeaWorld style shows and uh, and some animal exhibits. Yeah, it's and got like was... a um, wave pool type thing and things like that going on, right? So, Yeah, I remember a, seal, a sea lion show and I think a dolphin show and I think it had one of those swinging ships. But beyond that, my memory of it is pretty foggy, to be fair. Um, and, I think uh, that that is considered the best park in the country. Fair, fair. Well, where I'm going, there there are no such attractions. Uh, like I say, I'm going to have to actually indulge in like culture and the history of the city and that kind of thing, which I, I'm not. I'm just not sure about it, but. As I say, there's, there's a tall bridge. A step into the unknown for me. I've never been to Porto, so I'm, I'm curious, so and hopefully a, I'll see some of this bridge. sun that I've heard so much about and have the not sun, seen. Newspaper. Before. 
no, no, no. This thing in the, there's, there's this big thing in the sky. It it warms <laughs> us up and and makes us feel better about life. It brightens our day quite literally. And I I oh, feel like yeah, I've not nice. seen it in about four or five months. I don't know about more. that, Tom. Yeah, I've heard rumours of it. It's not been seen for a while. I mean, people go on about like global warming. I haven't seen the sun since September, so <laughs> what's going on there? Can't be, can't be true. Absolutely can't be true. Anyway, uh, uh, I, so just on that, Tom. Still, I've done a, I've done a dive into Google to try and find some Portugal-related theme park stuff. Uh, there is, if you want to see theme parks in a Portugal themed area europa park has a portugal themed area perfect uh, perfect um, why didn't you tell seems to have uh the uh spaceship earth seems to be at europa park as well well there we are you know why go anywhere else in europe when you can just go to europa park and get it all in one yeah space mountain seems to be at europa park as well this is I, this place is wild well you know I kind of, to be fair, for the, once I decided I wouldn't mind a week away, kind of my rotor kind of allows for it uh, in the coming days. I, I did think, oh, are there any theme parks I could knock out here? But I didn't want to potentially step on the toes of the Park Rush European theme park road trip. So oh, I, I kind of made peace with the idea of, of saving them for that. You know, the big ones at least, Europa Park. Uh, Fantasia Land, Efteling, the return to Disneyland, etc. Oh. I think we'll save those for for whenever that trip can happen. Anyway, Exciting. my uh, sunshine uh, segue was was somewhat hijacked there, but somewhere Sorry. where the sun keeps shining, Josh, is Florida, and more specifically on the bank accounts of Disney. <laughs> uh, which I mean, this sounds almost unbelievable given the context of the pandemic and everything but disney's theme parks have just achieved record revenue performance during the winter holiday season so like plenty of other places around the world that period of time coincided with the u.s experiencing a sort of surge in omicron cases of coronavirus and yet i guess a combination of Big crowds, you know, pent up demand. There were a lot of people going to Disney World. But what's also been widely cited as the reason why revenues were particularly strong uh, in in the winter months was the uh, on the holiday season was, of course, that Genie Plus had been rolled out by then, and it seems like a lot of guests are paying up and using Genie Plus and using the Lightning Lane. And I'd, I'd imagine, Josh, that you feel quite aggrieved by that. The people have not done what you would have wanted and pushed back on this greedy greedy strategy of, of the yeah, Disney uh, yeah. parks. They have embraced it, yeah. the suckers. <laughs> and, and the thing is, as well, it seems, you know, I listened to the Disney Dish podcast with Jim Hill and Lynn Tester, uh, and, and they very much seem to be of the impression that Basically, Lightning Lane is working pretty much as Fast Pass Plus did, but obviously now you have to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't it doubt. Suckers. It's it's sort of it's weird because I have there has been some you know when we've talked about uh, you know started to plan and think about 
how we're going to approach the theme parks when we go in April. There have there have been a kind of kind of surprising level of interest and acceptance of the fact that Genie Plus might be something worth ponying up for. And I've been pushing back on that. And it's interesting to me because we have never once considered buying the uh, the express lane stuff at Universal, of course, which also used to be free. Uh, and that's long been something that you now had to pay for. But we've never been tempted at all, mostly because it's never really felt particularly necessary, to be fair. You know, there are times where certain rides at Universal and Islands can get very busy, but we're always mm. there for rope drop. We always feel like we get through the day uh, getting getting everything done that we want to get done, safe in the knowledge that we'll be coming back in a few days anyway. So that does play into it, but also I do think just the principle of paying for something that used to be free and paying for something that you shouldn't need even even if it's always been there, that you shouldn't need to get on the rides. You should be able to go to these places paying a pretty penny to get in in the first place and feel like you can get on the rides in the normal way without paying extra. Uh, yeah, but Genie sure. Plus, yeah, there seems to be a willingness, uh, you know, if my family or anything to go by to kind of take it into consideration. And I do think, to, you know, there are very smart people who come up with these ideas and I'd imagine sort of the branding side of it plays a big part of it. You know, universal express pass feels very corporate genie plus it feels a bit friendlier. You know, here's a, here's a character you recognize uh, from, from one of Disney's, you know, most beloved animated films. It's the version of the genie that everyone loves, not the freaky Will Smith version. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the the plus will get you know people are uh, the whole disney plus branding yeah. has been a massive success I, I do think that that kind of brand recognition has played a part in making what i maintain is is an unnecessary ripoff make it seem like it's on your side in a way that is getting people on board because of course as we have talked about many times the kind of catch twenty two with all of these skip the ride, skip the line. <laughs> That'll be the day, won't it? No, you don't even have to go on the rides if you pay. Pay us a bit more. You don't even have to bother with don't these rides that we've got. Just rides. enjoy your day walking around, spending money on food and toys and stuff. Ugh. Uh, Ugh. But no, the, all these skip the line schemes. The the catch twenty two with those, if that's the right terminology to use here, is that the more people that use it, almost the less effective it is so really yeah. like for optimum performance i guess what you really want is 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 kind of for the split to 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 still be more in favor of the normal line to feel like you're getting value out of the paid line if if loads of people are using the the paid line and and the figures from disney's recent earnings report suggest that at the peak point over the holiday about 50% of guests were buying Genie Plus or Lightning Lane, then potentially all the benefit of, of queuing up in that so-called Lightning Lane is kind of lost because the split is basically equal and there are loads of people in there. And it's just it's just mad to me, really. But I guess most people don't think about it that deeply and that's why we're sat here doing a Think Park podcast and most people just turn up and 
will yeah. do whatever they feel is necessary to make the most of their day. Everyone else be damned. Yeah, uh, I think I think you're right, Tom. Uh, you know, it's it's the world we live in, right? That's that's what we've got to deal with. Mm. Keep fighting the good fight. Uh, need to get it printed on a t-shirt or something, you know? Yeah. Our anti-genie stance. <laughs> uh, maybe, I mean, I do need to print a, a new Parkrush t-shirt, you know, with our updated logo. I do need to get one of those made for the trip. So maybe I'll I'll hide an anti-genie hashtag on there somewhere. That could be uh, that could be a way of getting into people's heads as I'm walking around. <laughs> They're not on your side. The genie just wants your money. Just wants your money. Ugh. Give me the yeah. money. <laughs> uh, in better news, I suppose, unless you don't, or unless you you have deep cynicism about this too, I suppose. <laughs> Probably. You no longer have to wear masks at Universal or Lando, regardless of vaccination status. Or, or uh, you're not going to be asked to wear a mask. I don't actually think they were enforcing it, but there was okay. guidance in place that if you haven't been vaccinated, you should wear a mask. I mean, how they would begin to enforce that without poor cast members getting assaulted, I don't know. Yeah, it's now just yeah. officially gone. There is no mask guidance whatsoever. I'm sure there's part of them that are like, ah, oh, damn, that means less mask sales. And they have made some kind of cool masks, cool masks. over the last year and a half or, or whatever. I, I would absolutely buy some of the universal masks that I have seen. But yeah, it feels like mask mandates are probably never coming back to these parks. I feel like once they're gone post-Omicron... It's hard to see them being brought back in. Like They've always felt like they've been in this over the past maybe six months or so. They've been in this kind of middle ground where there's almost a mutual understanding between the theme park and the guests that, yeah, that, you know, you don't have to wear them really, but it might not be a bad idea. And there might come a point where we have to tell you, actually, could you wear it again? Whereas now we've kind of moved firmly into firmly into the camp of no, don't worry about it. It's hard to see how we claw it back from that point, even if it becomes, you know, something that is more in the interest of public health than it is now. If things get really bad again, I still think it will be hard to to pull that mask guidance back. I think it's too far gone now. So I think this is probably it for thing for for masks at the parks. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Um... And it's actually one of the things that my my mum uh, gets uh, claustrophobia, um, and so it's one of the things that she's been concerned about. They're not going until obviously later in the year, so I don't think there would have been a mask mandate then, anyway. But obviously, with the lifting here, I think you know at least she's going to be a little happier about that. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. So your mum's kind of claustrophobia around the masks outweighs any concerns she has about whether or not the mask might protect her more from getting COVID? Um, yeah, I guess it's one of these things where it's like, if you're in the middle of, like, like she has been wearing it um, as, as you know, she's like, yeah, it's the right thing to do. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think, she, she hasn't been wearing it out in, like, in the open air and, 
I think, you know, wearing it around uh, in Disney World in that heat where it's already quite uh, close anyway because of the humidity, I think she would have really struggled with that. And so that's why um, she felt that way. That's fair enough. Oh, Josh, I've just seen some breaking news from Blog Mickey, which I feel like uh, I should should just reflect. Uh, But but breaking news at this hour, figment popcorn buckets are back in stock, but mobile ordering is required to get your hands on them. And this just in. No more free The queue is already five hours long. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Do you reckon I'll be able to get one when I go, or will they all be gone? Will they, will they still be selling them then? I don't know how long these are meant to last for. I mean, presumably, presumably they will. Well, it depends, right? Will they will they sell them for as long as there's demand, in which case they could be on sale for months and months and months on end? Or do they like this? Or do they like the fact that they're playing into this sort of FOMO culture that has... I feel like gone absolutely mental around the most arbitrary nonsense over the last couple of years that just drives this huge interest in pointless merchandise like this. You know, you've seen it with things like, you know, remember what were the when video games were doing the figurine, the figurine thing was a trend in video games, and the Nintendo Toy, ones in particular. Life. The Toys to Life games, yeah. Yeah, the Skylanders and well, the uh, Disney Di- Infinity and Disney Infinity, but Amiibos. It was the, it, the Amiibos were the ones that were really making people go mental. Like those yeah, because the then you'd have like were... plushy Yoshi and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Those were the ones that would, were flying off the shelves and just people were doing all sorts of crazy nonsense to get hold of them. I mean, the, the Disney Infinity had the opposite problem. They... They anticipated demand like that, didn't get it, and <laughs> had, you know, billions of hulks taking up shelf space going unsold, and that was ultimately what did it in for that yeah, game, unfortunately. The Disney Infinity character, like figurines and, and character art was really cool. I really like the character art on those. I, um, I mean, you're preaching to the converted here, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I loved them. I, I, I loved how they... I mean, the key thing was how they managed to unify all these different Disney-owned characters. You know, my yeah. Luke Skywalker Infinity figure doesn't look wildly out of place standing next to Joy from Inside Out or Baloo from The Jungle Book. They all look yeah. like they could be rocking around in the same world. But I also feel like this still goes on, you know, like the pop vinyl world is still very... Um like this you know my Mm. nephew for example has uh a a fairly decent collection of them now which he's just sitting on like they're still mint in box um and it's like you're a child like have some fun (laughs) he's like a mini owl from toy story 2 he's mint in the box never been opened yeah i don't know how i feel about it i I think it's all a bit it's all a bit strange. It's, it's, it's the same in uh, like every every walk of life, right? Like you got um, it kind of happened with started off with the Air Jordans, the Nike Air Jordans, yeah. Um, and now you're not allowed to crease your trainers, and <laughs> it's gonna train trainers cost like seventy start at seventy quid. 
for you know trains that used to cost 30 it's absolutely bonkers i mean josh it happened here with petrol don't forget <laughs> oh yeah have you got any of that limited edition is, petrol when this starts happening with like fruit and veg you know people buy broccoli and oranges and stuff and they don't even ever eat it they just keep hold of them and just in case yeah well i, I mean the, I, part of me thinks we should go back to seasonal fruit and veg like why not sod it it's better for the uh, yeah, environment I, it, uh it's better for everyone you're not I think. you're not wrong but i do like grapes i do like it's, yeah i do like grapes i, I like grapes I, i'm i'm a sucker for some grapes I could sit I'm a big, here and eat. I'm a big watermelon fan as well. So, uh, do you like watermelon? No way. I like all melon, to be honest. No so, way. I don't, well, yeah. I, I know you, you know there are certain types of melon that everyone's a bit partial to <laughs> now and then. But the, these kinds, you know, the melons that, that that you're talking about here, not not for me. I've never understood it. That is a staple, to be fair, of the Florida holiday breakfast a sort of yes. spread that we have. You know, I don't like melon. I just really oh, don't. Yeah. I like um, it doesn't many types of melon. Um, no, honeydew, no. for example, um, is another one. No, um, yeah, I, it, I'll it, eat any type it, of melon. It tastes of almost nothing, but tastes enough of something to repulse me. Does that make any sense? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it make, I, I get what you're saying. It, it, the watermelon is the. Uh, <sighs> I don't know if you, if you get good watermelon, it can you can get a good flavour from it, but a lot of the time you don't get good watermelon. Oh um, well, I've obviously never had good watermelon, although I'm not convinced that such a thing exists. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's so many different types of melon that I do like. It's, it's hard to to rule them all out. <laughs> yeah, cantaloupe, for example, that sort of thing. Fair, fair. All right, well. The final thing I wanted to touch on, which, with all due respect, is more exciting than talking about melons. I don't know. Is... I, the, the Mike and Ike uh, melon fl- flavoured sweets are very nice as well, especially the sour ones. Big, big fan of them. Fair. In fact, so. I think I might have had one of those at yours before. And yeah, I, I'll go along with that. I, I think I've had melon based sweets or melon flavoured sweets mm. that I have not been totally disgusted by in the past so maybe that they, they the often have of... more flavor than actual watermelons so yeah i think you're right there actually anyway uh we've been getting some sort of impressions of iron guazi over the last few days they've been inviting people on to check it out kind of journalists and podcasters and thing park bloggers and people like bloggers, that yeah. the reaction for the most part seems very very positive people are talking this up in a big big way I think the most eye-catching commentary on the ride that I've seen is is from Screamscape, uh, who sent someone to check it out, and they came back and said, I would place this as the best coaster in America. It maintains wow. its momentum all the way to the break run. Bush Gardens has a massive hit on its hands. I've got to say, I've watched video of this and been like, Jesus Christ, this thing looks maybe a bit much. <laughs> I'm not sure. Indeed. As someone who's a bit out of practice on <laughs> big roller coasters, you know, I mean, I, I, I won't lie to you. There were, I think, that there were a couple of big ones at Thorpe Park uh, when we went in April last year. Where, yeah, someone who hadn't done a coaster for a while, I kind of looked at him and thought, oh, gee, "Do I like these? Has it been so long that I've? I don't know if I want to go on that thing." Jesus. 
And I kind of feel the same way looking at Iron Guazi, and that's just on a video. I mean, once I'm sort of standing right in front of it, I'll probably think, oh, I might well think, I think I'm all right. <laughs> this looks, I'm just going to admire it from a distance. That is that is very much one of the things that uh, it's almost stopping me from going to America um, is the, um, the my, my family are not, uh, SeaWorld or Bush Gardens people, as I think we've discussed previously, I very much am for the coasters, um, especially. And and so going to Florida and not going to the new ones that are at SeaWorld and Bush Gardens that I haven't done before would feel uh, wrong. But uh, SeaWorld is okay to get to. Uh, Bush Gardens is a little harder to get to um, mm. for like a day by yourself. I mean, one of the things that I think makes this ride look so scary is the is the fact that it's it, 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 forget all the maneuvers and you know just how tall and fast it is but the seats as well i mean you 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 look you're pretty loose in these things you've only got a lap bar so it's not like it's super i mean and i feel like kind of big rides like this are skewing more in that direction right like to me growing up it was almost unthinkable that it was almost a given to me Oh, if you go upside down, you're going to have a, an over-the-head restraint, and it really stood out whenever I didn't have that. Like even that little one mm. in Bush Gardens was it Scorpion, which only has that one loop. That's a lap bar, and it it kind of stood out to me for that. You know, when I was thinking about rides at Bush Gardens, it was like, oh, what's that one that goes upside down but only has a lap bar? Oh, it's Scorpion. Whereas now you look it at stuff like uh, I think yeah. v- v- Velocicoaster is that way, correct? That doesn't have an over-the-head correct, yeah, restraint. Iron Guazi as well just has a little lap bar. So if if you if you talk with uh, coaster experts, uh, which you know we clearly are, um, but <laughs> other experts they will say you know there is no requirement for uh, over the shoulder restraints. Uh, that is purely uh, state by state or country by country uh, regulation that has been put in because some people have high you know consider it to be safer than other states is it, is it a token gesture is it like wearing masks doesn't uh, actually it, do anything well yeah maybe uh, probably yes <laughs> in fact it's probably uh less effective than masks well it's stopping you getting covid uh, I, you've heard it here folks <laughs> heard it here first over the head restraints don't stop transmission of coronavirus I mean, arguably, it could uh, cause the transmission, right? Um, for the most part, that's been uh, not yeah, really if a vector. If, but... if you're being held in place next to other people, that would increase the chances of you getting coronavirus. There you go. Some yeah. people are going to take that and run with it, aren't they? We've started the oh, yeah. internet's but... next conspiracy theory. So... I'm looking forward to seeing that on uh, Good Morning Britain TV <laughs> next week. Yeah. Uh, well, just speaking of the lap restraints, uh, I, I thought this was uh, something worth noting. Uh, Theme Park Express, uh, Adrian from there specifically, who's been on the show before, I did notice him tweeting mm. from, he, he got to go and, well, he hoped to go and, and take part in some of the test runs of Iron Guazi, and he found, as a as a, as a bigger gentleman, that the, the seats were just not doing it for him. Uh, not very, uh, yeah. I mean, to use his words exactly, uh, not fat people friendly at all. Um, but he does more specifically talk about, you know, everyone's obviously different in terms of uh, weight distribution and, and body shape. And, and he says that 
that's going to play a big role in whether or not you can get on this but even if yeah. you can how comfortable you're going to find it so I, I think that's something worth being aware of and and something that you know I'm almost at the other end of the I'm at the other end of the spectrum on that there are certain I mean, I've never had the issue of not being able to go on a ride at, you know since I since I've been a fully grown man at you know a towering <laughs> five foot eight or five foot seven or whatever I am but yeah you know since I've become tall enough to go on all the rides I've not had any other you know physical problems with going on them uh, other than you know sometimes I end up in uh, the seat that is designed for you know larger guests for the larger gentlemen and, and I feel extremely small in those and don't feel particularly safe but I've never obviously had the the, the, the problem at the other end of the spectrum so that is worth taking into account uh, there, yeah, there seemingly um, will be people who who can get on other rides at Bush Gardens uh, without too much problem, uh, but who who maybe won't be able to get on this one. Yeah, I sometimes find personally, you know, I'm having played rugby all my life, I've got quite broad shoulders, so sometimes the over-the-shoulder restraints uh, limit my coaster riding ability. Uh, I think there's only been there's only been one time where it's actually stopped me but for the like sometimes it's quite tough to get it over the shoulders um and so not having shoulder restraints is obviously a, a perk for uh, someone like myself mm. yeah that's a good point also all right well i mean we like to uh start and end on good points if and when we can they come around you know fairly irregularly i think it's fair to say so we're going to yeah. take the opportunity to do just that here and that will do it for this week's episode of the Park Rush podcast. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show and haven't already, you can subscribe on your preferred podcasting app of choice and catch up on previous episodes and find the RSS feed if you want to stick it into something other than one of the, the mainstream apps. Overcast. Park, com. Overcast, yeah, Overcast down over here, not a sponsor. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us, podcast at parkrush.com or tweet at parkrushpodcast. Once again, thanks for listening. Take it easy and stay safe out there. And we'll see you again next time here on the Park Rush Podcast. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.